Hello, welcome to season six of the Keeping Things Alive podcast. My name is Laura Evans, and I am a writer, deep listener, and disillusioned environmental lawyer living in Western New York. Season six of the Keeping Things Alive podcast is here to explore the opportunities and challenges for human beings as we all live together on this beautiful, harsh, and interconnected planet Earth. This season, we are going to pay special attention to the healing properties of plants, the legalization of cannabis in New York State, tarot, and what is going on with the police in Erie County. Hello, it's good, exciting, and surreal to be back for another season of the Keeping Things Alive podcast. This is season six, and I can't believe that I am sharing episode 77 right now. And it's exciting to, yeah, be back and into it and, yeah, talking in this space. So I have been taking some time to rest, reflect, and make some plans for this season and be a little bit more intentional about it because that'll just help everything flow a little bit better. Um, And, yeah, I still... so. I want to be flexible with the interviews, um, and I'm going to be planning to publish one per month, like the first Saturday of every month, and then I'm also going to publish another episode on the third Saturday every month, and that's going to be a little bit different, and I've been talking with um, people who've been on the podcast before, and um, people who are experts in different topics that I want to cover throughout the season, so I'm going to be working with people who I will yeah, introduce uh, the next episode. Um, We're going to be talking about plants. So talking about different herbs, one every um, month. And so I've been connecting with different herbalists. And then I'm also going to be talking with people about cannabis popular education, because big news in New York State since the last time this podcast was um, live is that New York State has legalized recreational cannabis and has this whole equity platform and is taking different pieces from different uh, cannabis programs across the country and they're trying to make it to be the most equitable and uh, best one, right? In the country, it's all all a competition for this uh, space in cannabis legalization and the business of it. And so... I just see that there's a huge need for more education and people talking about cannabis. And so I have been working with people who have been in the CBD space in New York State and some of the medicinal marijuana programs. And so learning about, um, yeah, what cannabis is and what the new regulations are. Because what I should say is that, much like what I've talked about in environmental law on this podcast, um, they did pass a law in New York State, but now the different agencies have to make rules and regulations about how it's all going to play out. And so, yeah, I want to be paying attention and sharing information about that, as well as information about like what the plants are and just different experiences, different um, medicinal properties of these plants. Uh, Cannabis is really interesting, and I am actually, yeah, going to start introducing what yeah CBD is uh, in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. I also want to have um, Eva Danielle back on to talk through um, seven different tarot cards each month that this season is happening. And um, so we're going to be doing that. And it'll that'll be happening, yeah, 
once a month and just a couple of cards to just get a sense for how how the different cards show up and you know, kind of fit into different human uh, experiences and archetypes. And yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, incredible insights that you can get from learning about tarot and why it has captured people's um, imaginations and um, been a part of their spiritual practice. So I'm excited to share that as well. Um, and then lastly, I want to start sharing information about what is going on with the police in Erie County. Obviously, um, there has been a complete, like, um, just disruption and deconstruction of the policing system in this country. And where I live in Western New York is a example of yeah, just the police department going wild and the militarization of the police and a lot of people standing up for it and working for reform and what that means. And so I have covered um, different parts of criminal justice and police accountability in past episodes and past seasons. And actually, when this podcast started, there was a Erie County Sheriff's race happening. And now this podcast has been happening for over four or five years and there's a new election happening for the sheriff this year. And so, you know, there's a lot of people um, that there's people that are running. There's a primary coming up in June. Um, Definitely going to be talking about it more. There's different candidates. um, But I also really want to just talk about different people and their experiences and how they experience the police on a day-to-day basis and Um, I hope that that can shed some light on what is happening um, to people all over the county because this will be a sheriff's race that covers a lot of places, you know, the city of Buffalo and its urban core, which has been over-policed in crazy ways, and then also the suburbs and the rural areas and what's going on there. And a lot of them have, yeah... smaller police budgets and less policing and more in their schools and what does that look like um, and why is it happening there and not in the city so yeah there's a lot to talk about Um, I am excited to see how this all unfolds and yeah just trying to also share more information about what I know I, I do have a background as I've talked about before in environmental law and uh, environmental policy different different thing, environmental planning. I've I've seen a lot of things over the past 15 years. I've learned a lot and I this has been a space where I've been able to share that sometimes the most and I want to continue that because my perspective and what I've seen continues to evolve and you know, we're going through rapid change with COVID-19 and um a new president, a economic system that is running on wild imaginations and it's just tearing um tearing up our natural resources as well and you know there's so many people that are looking at all of these problems and they are trying to solve them and working together and just the implementation of these things is is absolutely unlike anything I ever thought it would be like and so I want to continue to explore that I want to talk to people that I um used to be deeply connected with when I lived in Austin, Texas. I think there's a lot of stories to be told. I guess another thing since the 
since the last season was the big storm that did the huge power outage in Texas. And that was when people started to understand that their entire electric system was on one grid and it wasn't connected to the rest of the country by design. And the freedoms of that and then also the vulnerabilities and how many people are still suffering because of that and having enormous debts for utility bills when it's, you know, should have been a basic right. And and then also the role of climate change because there was snow there. I mean, yeah, I, I lived in Austin for eight years and I think I saw one like icy snowstorm that was like an inch or two. But imagining something that actually looked like what I see in Buffalo down there it was just, it was a lot, and I know that people are still um, deeply um, impacted by that, and I am still thinking about, yeah, what that all means and wanting to be involved. Okay, so yeah, I've already explained basically what's going to happen <laughs> this season, and yeah, it's May 1st today. I'm going to run this until the end of November, and so that covers seven months, and so today is the first of the month and for Saturday of the month as well. And so I'm about to introduce an interview that I had with Jim Anderson. Um, I forget. This was, I believe it was April 20th um, of this year, 2021. So just, you know, not only, not even two weeks ago, uh, Jim and I sat down and we just sort of reflected back on what had been going what's been going on with us. I, he hasn't been on, um, this podcast since season two. Um, and he was the second person I ever interviewed. So I recommend checking out episode number two and learning about Jim's history, uh, all of the different things that he's seen and experienced, uh, as a police officer in New York city, as a civil rights activist, as a Vietnam veteran, as a nuclear activist, anti-nuclear activist, um, just all of the things that he's done over the years. He's been really connecting the dots of the black environmental movement in deep ways, in international ways since like the 1960s. Um, just his evolution has, has gone through that. I, he didn't like start off looking at international nuclear issues, but it's just all of his experiences have culminated over time, and it's really incredible. Um, he has a, um, a radio show on Power FM here in Buffalo. And um, so, yeah, actually, episode number 10 and episode 14 are a long time ago when I went on his radio show and explained all the problems with environmental law and how maybe the public trust doctrine and climate justice um, frameworks could really help with that Um with those issues and it's yeah I, I have to go back and listen to those and see how they've how they've aged um also yeah speaking of the nuclear movement and um, in episode 33 i i had covered um a number of nuclear issues in western new york and beyond and so jim in episode 33 talks about international nuclear issues and um he is still deeply involved with um the international treaty that bans the proliferation of nuclear weapons, which um, the countries that actually have them, including the United States, have yet to sign. So, and actually at the end of um, talking and recording the other week, he gave me a book to read called Thermonuclear Monarchy by Elaine Scarry. And so I guess this is more of a 
more of a public commitment to read that and talk about that and reflect on it back with um, with Jim because it's definitely a critical issue that while everything else is going on, so it's, yeah, an existential threat that's forgotten about. Um, but yeah, Elaine Scarry is a professor of ethics and the general theory of value at Harvard University, and she writes essays and books on all all different things, and this thermonuclear monarchy is is really important and it will be yeah reflected in the conversation I'm about to share. So yeah, it's uh it's good to be back. It's good to be sharing a conversation with Jim. I am looking forward to another year of growth and action and just um yeah, like creating space to keep things alive and just show up and be a part of this world that is deeply suffering and deeply beautiful and all interconnected at the same time. So thank you. And I will be back very soon. All right. Hi, Jim. Hi, Welcome Laura. Welcome to uh, 2021. Yeah, we made it. We Hey, look, we had a nice little journey so far and we're still here. And we are still here. Yeah. And I guess really quickly, it's a uh, what is it? It's April twenty uh, first, and it's yeah. snowing outside. Yeah, yeah, which is really bizarre. Earth Day week. Earth Day week. I think. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you make of having snow today? I thought it was fascinating. Yesterday, when someone said to me, "I can't believe it's going to snow," I said, "Oh, it's not going to snow," and uh, and I said, "It's going to melt before it hit the ground." Right. And boy, this morning, four o'clock this morning, I saw it, mm-hmm. and I was like. So I, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm thinking it's not going to last forever. Uh, and then when you throw in lake effect, <laughs> I think it's beautiful, though. I, yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is, it's like we're in a snow globe. And I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know, it throws me off a little bit with, like, climate change and things like that. But mm-hmm. I also remember growing up, you know, 20 30 years ago and it being uh sometimes there would be like a random snow event in april so yeah i can i kind of remember spending an easter and it being like that Mm -hmm. and and i kind of cite this day like days growing up when i when it would rain only on one side of the street (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it and it's like fascinating but it just shows you the awesomeness of nature itself right and uh you know we could be like wow but to know that nature got a flavor of its own we just have to learn how to group with it and so having a shovel having stuff to melt snow and not being socked in (laughs) just just make it even more tolerably beautiful yeah yeah (laughs) i like that thank you um okay so I'm excited to be here with you and talking with you now. We just, yeah, caught up a little bit before. And you were the second person I ever interviewed for this podcast. And that was in, I think, either late 2016 or I didn't publish it until like spring 2017. But mm. we were really in a different time then. And so mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, because this is going to be the opening episode of the season and I, I really want to like just kind of land people in like this place and time that we're at right now and kind of compare it to when, when we spoke back in episode number two, which Mm. was, you know, 
Trump had recently taken the oath of office, uh, had recently removed the U.S. from the Paris Climate Accord, Mm -hmm. was doing all sorts of terrible things with immigration that, you know, we still have not recovered, you know, have fully addressed. And same with, yeah, climate, we recently rejoined. So, yeah, I would just, I would love to hear your thoughts on on this moment. Plus COVID, you know, or you don't even have to talk about that right now. Well, it's it's, it's in there. You can't talk about climate without including that. Exactly. And when you think about, even when you look at whether 2016 or 2017, think two to three years before that. Yeah. 2014, right. mm-hmm. the, the, the climate march. Yes. The, the, the march just said, this changes everything. It needs everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and then to have the Trump administration come in and start pulling us out of all the things that where the world had already agreed, let's do this, mm-hmm. it's like asinine. Yeah. And, and so disappointing and so much so that even um, organizations and people who you thought w- would, who people would like the label would be in conservative or mild mannered were outraged. You know, those who who really were focusing on nature and stuff uh, were like really concerned. And the Paris Agreement was like, whoa. I mean, it was you talk about a harmonizing agreement for the world. All the nations started to do their inward battles to start aligning with this new position, except the U.S. Mm-hmm. And to have a leadership that so arrogantly pulled us out it did change things. Right. And, and, and even now, we're seeing some of the results of that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's interesting today that we're talking, and since you mentioned COVID, when... When Trump spoke uh, about COVID, we didn't even know. We didn't. We didn't know. Right. Nobody knew this. Yeah. I just reposted uh, a piece because up to five years before that, President Obama had already talked about what was coming, the mm-hmm. need to prepare infrastructure to deal with not only that that was coming. But that we're in a new normal, Mm -hmm. that because of globalization, we're going to see some things that we have not been accustomed to seeing. Mm -hmm. And and for us in the U.S., um, if we only understood how we were how what we've been doing in globalization around the world, uh, other places have seen it quicker than us. Right. um, Because um, our what we do around the world and a lot of what we do around the world is linked to militarization. Mm -hmm. And and when we look at who are the polluters of the planet, Mm -hmm. the military is the biggest green gas emission. Um, They are also used as the front line to kind of get countries to understand you either do business with us or without saying the words is implied by the military presence and flexing of muscle, the numerous uh, war games we do around the world to let folks know, yeah, way beyond our waters. What would happen if any of those countries did war games in our water? Oh, boy. But anyway, here we are at this moment Mm -hmm. with an opportunity to get back into the agreement uh, with the bar raise uh, and with the need for us not to be bullish um, 
in going back. Um, and this is where yeah. I think is the slippery slope right. of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's the international stage right now with climate. What, what's going on at a, you know, focusing more into, I guess, yourself or where you live. Mm. Uh, yeah. Whether that's well, the country, state or city. It's in the political city. scene. It's, yeah. on the, it's on the political scene at every level. Now we're starting to see that what was done by our our the gathering of the nations internationally at that international level mm-hmm. was important. Yeah. And while it, it's a necessity, working it down into the fabric of their own lands and cities or mm-hmm. states and cities and counties and so forth is the bigger challenge. Right. So a wise move had been made. Now to come back and do the infrastructure work, which is to refit the businesses that contribute greatly. Mm -hmm. So you got car manufacturers trying to do what they can to reach uh, um, the lowered emissions rate. They be talking about a um, basically almost zero or some kind of level Mm -hmm. when it should be no, zero. Don't give us that, you know, we close to zero or all that. If you know you're close, Go all the way. Right. You know, show the signs of going all the way, not just if we can just get it to a certain degree. Uh, we don't have the time to go short. We have to play, do as much as we can to reduce the devastation that humanity and big manufacturers and upside-down policy has contributed to, to create. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's happening now. It's starting to. Yeah, I I agree. I I can feel like how collectively tired like or maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. Like it does feel like people are are very I don't know. I I remember thinking about like what would happen after the 4 years and like, you know, the possibility of having like a new president that yeah, wasn't like the bully of the world. Um and yeah, I I am excited to see like what is what is coming out and to see renewed um just like people interested in what is happening and potentials for infrastructure like being reimagined uh jobs energy but yeah i also feel like the messiness of all of the implementation of it on the ground is really is really difficult so i don't know i guess i'm asking this will be my my question for you then and yeah do you have anything to say about like yeah the difference between like the implementation of policy and then people living it or or passing policy and then like living it day to day or like making it work uh what would you say yeah i would say you have to watch the movement all the way through so for instance Mm -hmm. Um, right now, because of how terrible the Trump administration was, the relief of having the Biden administration has a lot of people very happy. Right. But you can't lower your demands on what's needed. Mm-hmm. And they have to remember, well, wait a minute. Elements of the Biden administration, part of it was already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who have moved into power seats or since the Biden election where many of them were already there. Mm. And now they're in seats of power. Some of them already held held seats of power. And what were we going through when we tried to move progressive legislation? We were dealing with some of them who now trying to act like 
they're on the right side of the issue. Mm. Well, what we find there, we find that their idea of uh, uh, of trying to reduce climate change is a little bit. Mm-hmm. When the need and the demand is, we need as much bit as we can get. Don't put no ceiling on it. Go as, as much and as quickly as mm-hmm. can be done in in the right way. Yeah. But we begin to see where big money plays into affecting policy right. and the quality of policy. And I'll an- in in the answer on that question by saying, think about the bills that, and we just saw it that get written and being set the paths and how at the last minute coming around and around seemed like that last vote, all of a sudden it slipped in there. Mm-hmm. The benefits of my things are a slipped writer. out as well. Right. And yeah. so that's what we're doing. That's why this is a slippery slope moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to be prepared to have no nonsense, whether it be those who have always been in opposition to us or whether it be the failure of those who say they're with us to deliver and to execute mm. what is the plan for humanity. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. And so with that, how are you? Yeah, it's your turn from to ask that me. From that time, yeah. w- w- think about, I, I, w- tell me about what it seems like to you, because I can hear part of the heaviness uh-huh. and stuff, but... Tell me what it, how how you see this so, jump. So you're saying kind of like what I asked you about, like the difference between yeah, then like, and now, yeah, then and now. Um, yeah, I guess when I when I started this podcast and uh, when yeah Trump had recently taken office, it was definitely oh I guess an interesting thing that's happened to me since then is that podcasts have taken off in a way that like. I remember when I started this, um, you know, you were very like, oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, you're already on radio and interviewing people. So it wasn't such a leap for you. But I had to really explain to people kind of what a podcast was or just, you know, kind of building that relationship. And now it's much easier um, because the podcast is actually a thing. And then also because podcasts are just all over the place. Um, So I think this like, I don't know. as far as with climate goes, I mean, I do remember like the that's how we met was at one of the climate justice events in support of the Paris conference. Mm-hmm. And I remember the relief that I felt when it was passed um, in or it was adopted in like 2015. And then, yeah, the day that he backed out of it and just how much it took to like join in because like other countries agreed because of what the U.S. was doing. So, yeah, just the entire, like, chaos and cluster of the past couple of years. And I have been kind of grounding myself by talking with people. But then, and and then now, I guess, yeah, there is a heaviness because I, I am tired and I don't entirely know what the next move is or, like, or where I fit into it anymore. Um yeah, still looking into practicing law, but that also, I don't know, like, yeah, yesterday was the um, Derek Chauvin murder verdict, and there are moments like that where I'm just like, you know, lawyers and with Cariel's Law and the legal decision there, um, there's just moments where law seems really powerful, and then there's other times where 
it just feels like a weapon of harm. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I guess right now in this moment, I'm in transition and trying to find a place to fit. Well, I keep keep that keep, keep and keep that alive because <laughs> right. be, because that's the real trail. I think I, I I think I'm in the same kind of place in in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But what but the one of the advantages that I have is that I have I have a little longer time on the planet mm-hmm. and have have had a chance to go through similar things. Not as challenging as now as we confront climate change, mm-hmm. but in making change, right? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, I and guess, you got a right yeah, to be tired. Right. One other thing I would say. I mean, an obsession that I've had for I don't know at least ten years now is that you know climate change is just such a it's such a broad thing, and you know it's been it was designed like even the term to like not make people act you know it's like oh the climate it's everywhere and change is inevitable so how could this be so bad um so I have definitely been turning my um attention towards uh just protecting water I mean that's that is absolutely nothing new that is indigenous wisdom right there you know protecting water um and then the same thing with protecting air and I'm just seeing how focusing on like the relationship that I and like our society has with those actual like pieces of nature um, are a little bit just easier for me to explain and understand and get motivated by than more of a meta conversation about that's absolutely real but you know climate is it's everything it's the houses we're in it's how we travel um it's the food that we eat and it is water and how we process it and use it. And yeah. So, um, focusing on the components of living instead of like the whole like concept of how we live is something that's helping me feel more proactive instead of just like I'm sitting in an ivory tower. I mean, I'm not even in academia, but just like the, the remote work, like at a computer looking at the internet sort of thing is it's so far removed um, Mm -hmm. that I don't, yeah, it's not the answer. And I think that's the kind of reality that not only you, but all of us, myself included, have to always grow into. Mm-hmm. Because as you wage the struggle, it's like any struggle. I used to think about here I would go to the front of some part of the area where we live mm-hmm. here in Western New York to be online with those who are waging struggle around the issues yeah. and, and that are confronting them and that they recognize. Mm-hmm. And then when I come back to where I live, I had to wade through the same kind of terribleness unaddressed issues Mm -hmm. and it's like something's wrong with that picture yeah and so what we saw happening have been happening over the years since the first broadcast is a connecting of those dots Mm -hmm. of all those things you just mentioned housing education health care coming into view that's the great thing about what covid has done right unfortunately we had covid but people need to not act like terrible thing COVID-19, which means there was a COVID-1. There was a COVID-2 mm. basically trying to get people to understand, and there's something beyond this. Right. It's just as President Obama had said, um, this is the new normal. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We have those who have the skill and the insight for dealing with it. Yeah. And we just have to continue to go on. Right. But the other great thing in con- making the connection on of climate beyond just people looking up in the sky, look up in the sky or look at the dirt. Right. Is is everything that that exists. So the kinds of buildings we build, mm-hmm. the kinds of automobiles that we build, mm-hmm. which is you, we see people changing there, the kind of housing that we're now starting to make a more energy efficient, even the appliances and so on. And it, but it's moving too slow. Right. And yeah. they're too lacking in their availability to people who need them, mm-hmm. who are actually frontline communities. Right. Yeah. And we need to reframe that because frontline communities mean different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, um, we mentioned you mentioned the time we talked about nuclear, right. where nuclear weapons and atomic kinds of testing have been going on that affects the quality of land, air, and and and, um, and the whole climate impact. Yeah. Uh, here in this country, we don't recognize the role we play. And creating that, yeah, um, and and yet we wouldn't allow that kind of activity here, right? So we go abroad, and and then when we talk about how not only does it interfere with the environment or the the, the planet itself, the people who are on the planet are contaminated too. You right. need only look at Marshall Islands, which I mentioned before, and I'm saying we're still in that same situation. Mm-hmm. COVID has shown us in the absence of already having a stronger health kind of delivery of care to everybody. Mm-hmm. We have we have put a lot of people at risk, and now that we're waking up, we recognize we don't really have a great delivery system. Mm-hmm. And so, again, back to the infrastructure chain in every aspect. Yeah. And and I'll dare say, not I only dare say, I'll say it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Even within our organizations, the unhealthiness, because part of affecting this thing is the way various organizations uh, do their business. They haven't not uh, uh, readjusted themselves to operate in this high needs moment. Yeah. Um, some still are in dilapidated kinds of edifices. And mm-hmm. having done the work to upgrade the quality of the environment there. And I'm just saying, yeah. on so many levels, but the biggest level is getting our politician, get the money in, in the stream, and yeah. let's get a, an agreement and let's definitely be in line with the world. Yeah. Thank you for that. I wanted to say a little bit more about levels when you were talking about that and then like kind of people waking up. I I do remember also when I started this podcast, there was a lot of like everybody was like, I feel like people are waking up now. Like now that now that Trump's the president, like people are waking up and they understand. And and in a lot of ways, that felt like it was true. Like it felt like the world had been turned upside down. It had and like people were like, oh, wow, like shocked. And and a lot of times I you know, I was thinking about like, yeah, just the interviews that I was doing and the episodes I was putting out was kind of to give more information for those people who were recently woken up. But it's like, there's more layers to that. You know, it's like now there's COVID, there's the murder of George Floyd, there's all of the police brutality that's happened forever. And yeah, just all of these different like reawakenings. And it's like, 
I think, yeah, the layers, there isn't just one. Like when you all of a sudden are like, oh my gosh, like I understand it all now. Like it's just the joke's on you because just wait a little while and you you get a new layer. I mean, think, think of, think of communities that, that have been left out of this whole clean renewable energy process from getting anything tangible Mm -hmm. that they're just now hearing more and more about the information but they don't have access to any of that stuff Uh well they're still living in horrible condition conditions create all kinds of feeling it's one of the things even about some of these housing units that pile people on top of each other Mm -hmm. that there's no space no space no backyard for them to go into Mm -hmm. or they have to go into a yard where it's so crowded there's no and i'm just saying all of those have impact and that's why when i mentioned about the even in the way they build buildings and structure Mm -hmm. have to take that into consideration and we're just now beginning to learn how to extend that value to in developing communities Mm -hmm. and the thing about it it's costly it shouldn't be costly charging high rent Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be costly uh, preparing the ground and the environment to have healthy housings and institutions and stuff right yeah i mean here in western new york yeah we're dealing with lead and old buildings and all of that stuff it's like if we brought solar panels to this place like they would have to work i don't i don't even want to say how many times as hard just to like heat up you know or provide like there's so much that can be done structurally and systematically that it's it's not just like oh people are getting they're not allowed to have solar panels it's like they're living in houses that have holes in it and you know well you just mentioned something that and let's factor in another piece in this climate change so now that and particularly in new york that cannabis is moving into a central piece Mm -hmm. You can look around at some of these cannabis uh, um, uh, producers. Yeah, they're using high tech, new uh, renewable energy techniques. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying we got it for our industry already, exactly. And we don't have it for, for the people, people living in our community. Yeah, what's that about? Right, exactly. And, and, and it shows the glaring. Hey, you know. Hey, look. If 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 this, we know this is a good thing. If mm-hmm. we're gonna do the good work and do right. it right. We need to make it available at community level, not just some businesses able to get it. And I mean, you mentioned cannabis specifically for that, but then that's a whole nother, I mean, cannabis, even just like the privilege of being in business. And with this new law, like the new licenses, it's 50 percent supposed to go to social equity applicants and that Mm -hmm. there's they're going to be writing a plan about what that means um so i think that that's another place i mean i know you were talking about energy and i just went to the war on drugs but that's energy too right right because it's a not you know i always hear people talking about the the greenery and how it helps the air Mm -hmm. oh well here here we not only help in the air but we got a plant that's going to help people and and so many other things right and this is the this is why it's so important the new knowledge that we have and why change is always going to be happening because the more knowledge we get about how not only to survive but survive as 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 a for planet and people Mm -hmm. um the more we get that and utilize it for its good yeah it's going to change a lot of things of what we used to do, which is part, again, of the slippery slope and a problem. Yeah. Because people get comfortable with, well, 
I always done it like this. Yeah. And, you know, this the way I was raised. Well, I, you know, I can kind of hear my grandma, my great-grandma saying, <laughs> you know, when they went from washboards to to washing machine, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and there was some doubt back in those days. Right. All those things ain't going to get them clean. You need to scrub it out. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but look where we are now. <laughs> no many people are using scrub, scrub, at least in the yeah. U.S. I mean, some may, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just saying that, look, the new knowledge that makes um, the, the quality of life of humanity and planet um, more better, Mm-hmm. That's what we should be empl- employing. Yeah. And and it shouldn't be about who can get rich. People who have a lot to invest in this chain, you'll get your fair share. But you don't need a greedy share. Right. You don't need, you don't need a hoarding kind of like share. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we got going on. Yeah, you I know, see that. In like things and money, yeah, it's hoarding a lot mm-hmm. of it. Because, I mean, yeah, we have all, the whole world has gone through I mean, one more moment, of, yeah, with with COVID and everything, and yeah, the, I don't know, just yeah, kind of, yeah, it's and- me, 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 and kind of pull it in. I have also seen a lot of beautiful like sharing and resiliency and just like community care as well in pockets, but yeah, it, it has really uh, COVID and just what has happened has really shined a spotlight on the systems that were screwed up the whole time, and yeah, now. And, and it's, it's going to be face. so available. You know, this change is going to be so multiple that nobody can figure, like, I'm horn down on this business for life mm-hmm. because it's going to be a challenge for people going into business. Oh, I'm going to this. Yeah. Okay. Well, the more competitors you get, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's going to limit down how much more you can do. So you have to have a business that may not last you for life and life, mm-hmm. but can extend some quality to your life, but you have to be prepared for change too. Yeah. And and in that, it means a two-way street. Companies themselves have to invest in retooling for the future, mm-hmm. and so does the governance of the nation have to do that. Yeah. And, and we're just beginning to catch up to that because that knocks down the wants of uh, employment, Certain people who have been blocked out from being employed, which is why now some of the some of the talent that's going to play out have been folks who were trapped in that whole incarceration kind of thing right. uh, of never forgiveness from even after they didn't pay their dues. But some of them will be the 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 great workers who are going to turn up in this new world of energy, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we need to th- think about it. Yeah. And and the sad thing is, is when we think about how some of these systems we previously set were so biasly used, they incarcerate so many people of color and then still have crazy policy that keeps them from participating. And this is why we see with the cannabis thing, the need to resolve those who have been charged before and, and make changes there. Yeah. And people shouldn't be shocked. They should be looking. The world learning how to do better. Talking about keeping things alive for the for the for the good of all. Mm-hmm. That's what we're learning. That's what your podcast is truly about. Talking and and having the kind of discussion for people to just, you know, we're talking about stuff we talk about in our houses and off guard. No big right. thing. You don't have to be on a news program to do it. But it's important to remember that these are the important discussions to have. And that part of our failure in doing so has almost 
made us uh, basically walk ourselves backwards, mm-hmm. we should not fail to talk about these. We see the issue both city and rural, mm-hmm. and we see those who are part of the blockage. We see the false excuses that some companies make. We know what it's like in in having to work a job with a livable wage and then working a job without a livable wage. Mm-hmm. But in those jobs that put more tasks on you than they're willing to pay you fair share for, we know what that can do. And, and so you're talking about being tired in doing the good work and doing the good work that yeah, and because it's not a paid thing, because we have to get it done, that the the real glory of it and the real benefit of it is going to really come much later, even though there's a lot of benefit now. And yeah. unknown to you, uh, a lot of people who are not only impressed, but have learned from the yeah. podcast. Right. Yeah, no, I, I really do love doing this i i'm still unsure of like why exactly i started i mean i think it was like an expression after the trump election i i was listening to a lot of um i was listening to a lot of podcasts that were just all men and i was like this yeah this is a good way to talk about different issues that aren't normally seen um but yeah no i i agree i I, thank you for reminding me that, yeah, this has also really been about like modeling ways to talk with people about things that matter. <laughs> and I think and I think um, I think that um, one of the other thing that the advantage that it gives you now is because, I mean, you 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 remind me of NPR. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and 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 and, you know, when you hear um when you hear when you hear a, a conversation going on, it's so pleasant and enjoyable. But it also yeah. because of what you know and the fact that you are and what you know now sets you up to really push some deep dive questions on people. You know, uh, because it's easy to get off on uh, everybody seemingly like be so nice. That you right. can't ask to, you know, push hard thing. I think you're in position now to 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 push something that you know from your experiences around already and being mm-hmm. and know the concern to 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 be the advanced voice in in interviewing folks about that to yeah. to you know to let me slide or anybody slide with on with any kind of answer. It's nice. But until it hit the epic center of what you want, right? No, that that's a good point too. I, yeah, I could. I usually like set the container for people to share what they want to, and I've been looking into how to structure the season and what to do. And I want, yeah, the interviews to be a little, yeah, maybe a little more hard hitting, but also not as many of them. And right. I want to. Because something I've also noticed, you just said, like, oh, you know a lot, but I always am asking questions. And so trying to share a little bit more about what I know and do a little bit more teaching because, I yeah, something I've really learned about uh, just being in different spaces with climate justice and social justice work is that, like, people do understand that laws get passed, but then it's agencies that implement them and all those rules and stuff and being a lawyer that's actually what i understand mm-hmm. and i yeah i think we've talked about that before on mm-hmm. like your radio show and things like that but it 
it always seems to get lost uh and it's running so much of what's going on beyond just even well, the that's laws. I think it's a yeah. great one of the great things about you that because you know law as you know it, and because of your organizing experience on on around issues that are really cutting edge and in play now, is that it's like this is what we need. We need folks like yourself who know the law. Who can who know how it may not even get you to where it sounds like. Right. It, it, uh, um, um, yeah. I have a, f- a friend. She's in Canada, and she and the book she wrote about um, diversity and so forth. It it kind of implied that you know some of these things that call for the the fairness and stuff. The some of the policies that calls for it. She her title seemed to express the limits that are there, right. you know. Because sometimes people hear, "Well, they got a a policy that just got to be done." Mm-hmm. What it sounds like and what's in it that it really does right. can be radically different. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm definitely by no means like an expert in like this law does this and that law does that and ABC or whatever. But I like. I know where to look those things up and then kind of put the pieces together as far as like law, policy, legal decisions, all the different layers that go into that. And yeah, it's kind of, it's an unseen world, but it is going to be more seen right now um, with, with cannabis legalization in New York state. You know, now all of a sudden these agencies are about to start writing a bunch of rules and everyone's going to have to learn how to follow them. So yes, we've got the law and that is amazing. And it's going to, you know, it, I don't like to use the word Trump, but it like uh, it sets the stage for everything else. It's the, you know, top thing. And then the rules and regulations below it are what is used for implementation. You know, what's going to be on the ground, who gets what licenses and how to how do they work? What steps do you need to take? And who gets to call it? Yeah, I want to I really do want to focus on that right now. Um, Yeah. And stuff, you know, I mean, we saw it in here in Western New York um, around this whole COVID kinds of get the reopening thing exactly. between the governor yep. and, and the Erie County legislator, yep. uh, mm-hmm. a, a county executive. Exactly. And, and as to who has the authority, which goes back again mm-hmm. to we talked about level, different levels. It's like, so while we're waiting on the federal level, which is definitely involved with having to play a role in the international level, who mm-hmm. they got two levels they definitely have to deal on. Yeah. Uh, while we're pushing the stuff there, we also have to be, so what of our city governments and town governments, how are they falling in line in this chorus of new re- ener- new renewable energy and, and the more uh, truly uh, restorative and, and, uh, and uh, uh, delivering of social justice in this now moment right. with what we know and and need yeah and we've seen as you mentioned in in the trial in that the delivery of that and the handling that is is a flash again of a of somewhat of a forward movement but not enough mm-hmm. only in that one incident mm-hmm. and there, and but and so people don't need to think oh 
No, it mm-hmm. means exhale for the moment and then breathe in because we got some more pushing mm-hmm. and straightening out to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's so rich. And all of this is a part of how man and planet interact. And and the quality of life is affected about what we provide to communities. Um, I often think about, you know, communities that have not only plentiful jobs, which clean renewable energy, atmosphere core or whatever it would bring, but also having communities that reflect that kind of energy from clean renewableness, that mm-hmm. the vibes in the community, the settings, the kinds of stuff. You can almost feel the radiating of the energy in such a, a, a community like that. And people dream about it. And here we have the capability and it, to yeah. really make it possible. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. It's always great to talk with you. And yeah, I'll see you soon. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Keeping Things Alive podcast. For more information, please visit www.keepingthingsalive.org.